welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. What's up, guys? I'm Matt Haugen with Haugen Racing, and this week we're going to talk about how we combine cars and comedy. Sounds crazy, right? Well, we did it. It's super fun. Check it out. Hi, Matt, and welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, I've come across uh, following you on LinkedIn and YouTube. I was astounded by the social media followers you have and basically the type of content that you put out. So today I've got you onto the show because I like to do a little bit further into what you do and how you do it. But most importantly, you are a motorsport athlete. Uh, tell us about your journey into motorsports. Yeah, so uh, my story is, I would say, different than a lot of stories, but there, I'm sure there's some people that can relate. Um, probably ones that, that you get, actually, um, or that you guys help. So I didn't come from any kind of motorsports family, uh, no racing background. Um, so, like, I didn't even have a cousin who raced motorcycles, like nothing. Yeah. Um, that was never something we even thought I would do. Um, I was always, uh, very studious and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and have my own businesses. And that was kind of always my kind of path was I was going to go to school, get some education, figure out something cool in entrepreneurship. But along that, and from the age of zero, I was always just obsessed with cars. Um, probably like everyone listening. <laughs> And so I would, you know, I'd have Hot Wheels and I knew exactly where each one was. Sometimes my dad would, I'd ask him when I was going to bed, I was like, you know, I was like four or something. I'd be like, hey, can you grab the, uh, the Porsche? And he'd be like, well, where is it? And I'd say, ah, oh, it's in between the, the Corvette and the Camaro on the windowsill or whatever. And it'd be right there. <laughs> so pretty funny. But um, yeah, it was always just customizing cars, working on cars with my dad building Lego cars, playing car video games, going to car shows, all the standard stuff that uh, us automotive lovers like, you know, but never racing. And when I was 16 years old, I got a uh, Toyota Tundra and built that up as kind of an off-road truck and was just kind of having fun going out and doing donuts. And uh, one of the things I remember I did a lot and I didn't realize what it, what I was doing or how it would um kind of lead into the stuff i do now but i would just go we have these cool kind of ravines out here i think you guys probably have some similar um kind of environments but they're just like these big huge kind of rivers in a way uh, but no water and so i would just go as fast as i can have it in rear wheel drive and just kind of like slide around the corners and then kind of counter steer and slide around the other corners but i'd be going like 70 or 80 i was always like a wild man um but it was just for fun you know and kind of going forward um i got a hyundai genesis coupe uh started tuning that up kind of added a bigger turbo and intake and exhaust suspension things like that and then through the tuning shop that was helping me at the time they had kind of a kind of a day at a track where you could just go and let loose on the track learn to drive your car with all the adjustments that have been made because a lot of their customers also weren't racers and they just had never really seen what their car was capable of. 
And so one of the exercises was they had cones. This is a great exercise. You guys probably do this, but I love teaching people this exercise or telling them about it. But they have cones maybe like 200 feet wide, uh, a big circle. And you get in your car, drive on the outside of that circle and put it in usually like second gear. And you would just go faster and faster until that rear end let loose. And the goal was to kind of learn what happens when you lose that rear traction. So, right, you would, you know, straighten and get off the throttle, all that sort of stuff. But for me, I stomped on the throttle and drifted around it. And I just thought that was like so cool. And that was my first experience drifting. And without making the story forever that, you know, from there on out, um, I just started pursuing it really as a hobby, um, but fell in love with it more and got crazier and crazier and deeper into it. And now it's uh, kind of what we do all the time. Wow, that's a really great story. It's not a mainstream, like you're saying. <laughs> um, there's definitely people that have, you know, come from sim racing into the sport, but definitely, you know, not just being a hobbyist and just having a bit of fun and deciding, yep, that's it, that's what I want to do. Had you seen <laughs> drifting before, like on Fast and the Furious or um, TV shows on YouTube uh, to, to know what drifting was all about? Tokyo Drift is it. Like, um, that was all I had really seen. I didn't, I didn't even watch Formula Drift or D1NZ or, you know, D1 Japan or the old option videos. I didn't even know about any of that stuff. I think I, I didn't even know Formula Drift existed, honestly, at that time. Um, just literally Tokyo Drift. <laughs> like, what I can remember anyway is that was my, all I had really seen. Um, I'd been starting to, um, I'm 27 now, about 17 to 21 or two, I think is when I started drifting. Um, I was building SEMA cars. So I'd build like show cars um, for the SEMA convention, um, which for those who don't know, it's um, I believe the largest and largest automotive convention for aftermarket parts in the world. Yeah. Um, so there were like 100,000 people come and thousands of cars there. So um again though that was just hobby i loved building cars and i liked getting them in the shows and working with partners and stuff like that but um i guess there's a little bit of exposure there's what i'm trying to say they'd have the drift shows outside but really that and tokyo drift <laughs> not, not much more <laughs> wow that's amazing and so you turned professional in 2016 so what does a professional drifter do exactly Ah, see that that's the cool part that I think is about drifting that's unique. Um, I think other motorsports are kind of following suit there. Generally drifting is behind in everything and is kind of following everybody else. But the one interesting thing about drifting is there's such a show aspect to it. And there's these things that call demos where or just even practice events where you're not competing and there is no race and it's just about having fun and and showing off if you will but in a good way and putting on a show for the crowd it's something that is really entertaining even when there's no first place or award handed out and so i think that adds this whole element to drifting where there's so much media involved around it and because the cars aren't you're not forced to build them a certain way um they get people get really creative and so with professional drifting, I mean, you could be a professional whether you're competing 
or making money on YouTube from it yep. or making money from partnerships through, you know, your following or um, whatever it is. And I think that's fairly unique for drifting. So uh, for me, it started with doing uh, demos. We did a lot of still build show cars. So we would go to car shows and then do drift demos at the car show, which was kind of cool, um, kind of combining those things. And then uh, later went into competing. We did last year, we did Formula Drift, which was a horrible, horrible <laughs> year for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that's pretty much. And now we're doing the, the YouTube thing and um, entertaining. That's our favorite part. Yeah, and I guess early on in your intro, you mentioned about being or wanting to become an entrepreneur and definitely have a look at your website and seeing all the merchandise that you offer and the types of videos that you promote. I think you've even got a how to drift kit, um, drift king membership as well. So I yeah. feel like it has um, being a motorsport athlete, giving you that, that platform, especially in drifting, to be able to pursue your um, goals of being an entrepreneur. Um, it's not how I saw it going. So, um, which you may find maybe better or worse. <laughs> yeah. Neither. It could be a lot better if it works. <laughs> um, like when I, from when I was super young, again, um, I was just always into just entrepreneurship in general and business and I always saw myself having a business and so did my parents they're very close to me and super supportive um even of this crazy car thing um but I had like all sorts of little businesses one of the ones in high school I like spray painted like tinted taillights installed LEDs and sound systems and crap and that was kind of one of my first like businesses if you will um but then throughout college and um, I started a bunch of businesses that like all failed, but they're all learning experiences, but they ranged everything from a golf invention, uh, to high fashion slash streetwear, uh, to a performance parts company. So a cars one, as well as a, um, like a, a gauge cluster kind of before Motec and AEM as well, but. Those all failed, learned a lot of, there was to start a business, um, to fund the land, and I had to make the decision to either quit racing um, or try to make a full-on business out of this thing. So that was uh, like four months ago, pretty much, when it shut down. So. And so now <laughs> is this your full-time career? Yep. Yeah. So now between the YouTube and the driving, um, we're not competing this year because uh, we're really trying to save money and pour all our money into building up the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what we're, it's full time now. So <laughs> yeah, well, we always promote over here that most sport is business and that you need to look at it from a, a business perspective anyway. Um, so let's talk about your YouTube channel because that's where your passion really lies and it's massive. And I know over here, a lot of our drivers are starting to get onto YouTube, um, especially during this lockdown. But before we get into that business stuff, what, ha- what have you been doing during lockdown? Anything exciting? Just trying to grind on that YouTube, you know? So we've been doing like three <laughs> uploads a week. Um, the, unfortunately, we can't do any driving. So we haven't been able to do any 
um, new driving content and we don't like posting like old videos or anything like that. So uh, we've been doing a lot of like our comedy skits. That's something that's very unique with our channel. Um, I actually like to tell people we're a comedy channel first, but it's based around cars. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so if I could, I, we would do all comedy. Um, but this is kind of interesting for some people out there. Uh, building a comedy YouTube channel, at least from my research, is tremendously harder than building something around like how to's and DIYs and, and especially like car builds and things like that. So, and we do a lot of cool stuff there and have some interesting knowledge. So it is nice having a mix, but um, we've been doing a lot of skits, telling old stories because we did a lot of automotive stuff before YouTube. So yeah. kind of looking back, but yeah, just YouTube in a way. That's been my quarantine. <laughs> Matt, if comedy's harder, why do you do it? <laughs> Because uh, I love it, and I think it's really unique. Um, yeah. This, how do I say this in a somewhat positive way? It's it's my negative outlook, but it's in a somewhat positive way. I, I personally don't enjoy uh, vlogs, and that's kind of the go-to in the automotive community. Is like, <laughs> well, let's like vlog about what we're doing. Um, I to me, that's just like too easy. And I think you like the challenge. So you wanted something different. Yeah. You wanted to be unique and you wanted to have yeah. a, a platform that could showcase you. Exactly. And like what's cool is with comedy, um, the audience is so much wider. And so we actually have a I would say a decent, I can't quantify it, but a decent portion of our subscribers on YouTube really aren't even into cars. They just like the comedy. Yeah. Um, like it's like one of our videos was a day in the life of a Lamborghini owner. And the car part of it is very small. It's really about this like rich kind of uh, jerk who just goes around and like messes with people. Um, and but, that was based on research, of course, wasn't it, Matt? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I know I'm talking a lot, but if I could say one quick thing about that, the comedy thing wasn't a plan. Um, there was a bunch of people... Um, leaving a bunch of negative comments like on my Instagram and things like that. Um, basically saying, um, you know, I'm a spoiled rich kid or not good at driving or just all, anything they could think of, you know? Um, and it got pretty crazy. And I was like, I need to think how to respond to these people. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give them what they want. And so we made the day in the life of a Lamborghini owner video. And people loved it. And I was like, I think we're on to something. And I've never done any acting. I, I wouldn't even claim that I'm an actor now or a comedian. But that's like what I'm doing now. That's a big yeah. portion of what I'm doing. And I really like it. And it's a, it's a new experience and a challenge. So. Well, it's definitely working. As I said, on YouTube, we've got over 9,000 subscribers. Instagram, over 94,000. Facebook, 17. Like these numbers are ridiculous, especially for us over here in Australia. Uh, but tell us, like, how did that grow? Is it all organic? Um, you, you mentioned about the, the type of content that you're posting three times a week. Are they all comedy sketches or, all, yeah, tell us what you post, how you post, and basically how you got those numbers, those followers. Okay. So the Instagram I ha I've had for a long time. Uh, the YouTube, I made the YouTube in 2009, but I didn't, like, I posted three videos and they've since been deleted. They never got, like, any views. But we didn't. <laughs> start the YouTube channel really until it's like a year ago 
this week pretty much. Oh, wow. Um, but the Instagram I had around for a long time. So that had like five years, basically my whole racing career um, to build. And that has changed so many times, like to what I was posting. I've gone kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, but the what, what's interesting, I'd say one interesting thing for people that are maybe trying to build, you know, kind of all these channels is a lot of times people build the YouTube first and then the Instagram and Facebook are kind of auxiliary things um, or they build Instagram and Facebook and never really do YouTube. Um, I, I did it differently, not on purpose. I think it wasn't the best way to do it. I built the Instagram and Facebook first and then got into YouTube, but a little tidbit, I guess, is Instagram is owned by Facebook and Facebook and YouTube hate each other. And so when you start promoting your YouTube videos on Facebook and Instagram, um, they kill your engagement and they really don't like it. And so YouTube doesn't really care. They're like, we're the kings, we're the biggest search engine. And so it's easy to, or easier to build a YouTube channel up and then just kind of point people to your other channels and build those up. But coming in with an Instagram and pointing it to a YouTube channel, that's been probably like our biggest challenge. I know it's kind of technical, but um, yeah. yeah, it's it's been it's been a pain. <laughs> I I like our YouTube channel is doing well, but um, I I wish it was like a lot bigger right now. But we're we're rolling along, you know, doing everything we got. And so, therefore, do you do different content on each of the platforms, or are you? Uh, obviously doing your YouTube clip and then repurposing it on Facebook and Instagram, but to the conditions to fit that algorithm. So Facebook and Instagram, um, they're the same content. I've never gotten into posting different content on both. The thing I've realized is we have different crowds on both. There's not, there's a little bit of crossover, but um, for whatever reason, there's different followings on Instagram and Facebook. So it kind of works. They're not seeing the same thing yeah. all the time. Um, the YouTube is obviously, you know, five to 20 minute videos, whereas uh, Instagram has their own native uh, viewer, IGTV. And so we build kind of shortened clips for the Instagram channel and those get posted on Instagram and Facebook, as well as all like the pictures and many little videos and our Instagram story and things like that. So they definitely have, I'd say YouTube and Instagram's content are very different. Um, but we're constantly trying to push our followers over to the YouTube channel and Facebook has been mad at us for like a year. <laughs> so what is your YouTube um, channel handle? We'll put all of um, Matt's links into today's show's notes, but what is it, Matt, for those who want to see what kind of comedy you are doing over in YouTube? So everything is Haugen Racing. So mm -hmm. H-A-U-G-E-N Racing, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all the same. We're, we're pretty easy to find if you know what to search for. <laughs> and since you do enjoy doing videos, uh, have you ventured into TikToks? We haven't. Um, <laughs> I feel like, like, look here, for those of you who can't see Matt, Matt's got bright purple hair. Yesterday when I was watching a YouTube clip, he had sky blue hair. Sorry. I feel like <laughs> I'm in front of a camera. <laughs> yeah. I, like, uh we're, we talk about TikTok and we had a TikTok for a little bit. And then the guy we were working with, after he stopped working with us, he deleted it, which sucked because it was kind of starting to actually work. Uh -huh. uh, but at this point, so I don't want to get all deep, but 
like I've always tried to do too many things at one time. Yeah. And there's only so many hours in a day. And as you said, you've got those massive numbers. Fan engagement yeah. is really high. You want to keep continuing to build those platforms. You don't necessarily need another platform as an athlete. I was just thinking that maybe you would yeah. be talker. <laughs> no, and I and I get it for sure. Like I, I'd love to do it, but I'm like, I just I want YouTube to work so badly. And yep. so I'm like, let's put all our efforts into there and not take any efforts away from there, you know, for TikTok to potentially get some more followers. It would be great. But I know YouTube will work if we keep going. And so I just want to focus there, you know? All right. Well, since you love uh, YouTube so much, let's continue that chat. When it comes <laughs> to your um, video and you're saying your skits, is it something that's planned or is it something that like you and is there a partner that you work with? Do you have a social media manager or is it just you, your mum and dad on the sitting at home and you're like, okay, these are our three videos we're going to do it the week. Do they tell stories? How does it all come about? So pretty much, um, I, I own all of Hogan Racing. I don't know if that's too much detail or whatever, but um, I have one employee full-time. Uh -huh. um, he's my crew chief, and now he does all sorts of stuff because we had a, another <laughs> guy part-time that was making the videos uh, when we started doing the YouTube, but now he's the filmer as well, and then he edits like 10% of the videos, and then we have a part-time editor actually in England, random enough, um that edits the rest of the videos um as well as a bunch of like uh, not a bunch there's like three guys that kind of are like part-timers they'll help at um competitions and shows when we need extra hands um but really at its core it's it's jameson and i the, the two of us just really pounding away at this thing we we like to say we have a a pretty big impact for two guys like we we hold we have a lot of different hats you know yeah so doing all sorts of different stuff <laughs> and so is it ad hoc the skits or again are they planned or oh yeah sorry about that so um we'll like just when i'm watching stuff or walking around the shop we'll randomly think of ideas and just kind of put them down on a list so we have this running list mm -hmm. um, of video ideas and then something we started doing two months ago um was every month plan out the next month's worth of videos so pick the concepts what days they're going to be on the title and then um, maybe kind of what the thumbnail we want. Yep. And then we basically work through those as the videos come up. Um, we'll write like general outlines for them, but none of them are scripted, um, which I think is especially key for the, the comedies. They're all improv, which I'm kind of proud of. I, like, I, I think they could potentially be better if we scripted them. Um, but I know some of the best comedians are great at improv. And so it's something I really want us to get good at. And we've had some really good comedy videos that were, were all improv. And so I want to keep kind of going down that, that road. And so will you um, do some study or some training into improv? Or are you quite happy just the way it's going? Like you're saying, because you made goals who wanted to try and continue to build it. So do you feel like you need to get better or does your content need to get better? What do you think is the ultimate um, deciding factor to, to get more engagement on those YouTube channels. So, I mean, we obviously have a lot of work to get better. Like we're nowhere, nowhere close on there. Um, I haven't gotten any training for it. Um, one of the things I'm looking at doing after like all this uh, COVID stuff is over is I really want to join an improv club. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Um, and it would expose me to, you know, people that maybe aren't even doing YouTube and probably aren't into cars. Um, just totally different walks of life. 
yeah. I think that would be a really good way to learn some some better skills. So I definitely have a long ways to go. I'm like total newbie newbie with the comedy thing, but it's it's really fun for me and it's a a fun challenge for sure. Yeah. They're so fun, like to watch. And like you said, they're so different to other motorsport athletes um, channels, which is, you know, fantastic. So kudos to yourself and Jemison for coming up with the concept. Um, <clears throat> what else? Oh, when it comes to, to YouTube, you're saying about the thumbnails. What are the important parts about YouTube? We haven't really done a podcast about YouTube, so let's do it. <laughs> so, I, I mean... I'm not an expert by any means, but I do have, we do have an advisor. Um, his name's Erling and he has like a 2 million subscriber channel, uh, that does commentary. He just he's not into cars at all. Um, we randomly got hooked up with him, but he's taught me a lot about what I know about YouTube as well as just self-research. Yeah. And in his words, the two biggest things on YouTube, and I, I would trust him over me cause he has 2 million subs and we have 9,000. Um, his two biggest things are the thumbnail and the title and it may sound obvious but those are sometimes the only exposure people have when they're scrolling through YouTube is your thumbnail and title and so I hate to say this but it's, it, it is the most important part and in some ways the content almost doesn't even matter if yeah. the title and thumbnails are awesome but where the content matters is getting good watch time and getting them to come back, right? But to get them to view, it doesn't matter what the content is, it's just thumbnail and title. And so that's like where the whole clickbait thing comes from, you know, putting some ridiculous thumbnail and, and title out there. <laughs> and do you find it's easier to um, utilize your sponsors within your YouTube channel? And how do you work with your sponsors within the YouTube channel? So that I'm still trying to figure out, I mean, like, Obviously, their parts are on the cars and their stickers are on the side. And so this is kind of natural promotion when we have, like, we'll do car setup videos and things like that. And we'll talk about the parts that we use and we like, which are um, our partners. And But one interesting thing I want to say, um, I, I've actually, like, not gone with sponsorships and paid full price on products because I like the quality better. And so any partners that we do have, it just happens to be my favorite product and I was just fortunate enough to get a partnership with them. So I don't like, like Rotoform wheels, that's one of our partners and those are literally my favorite wheels in the world, like no lie. Yeah. And so for me, like I pick parts and partners with stuff I actually love and if I can't get a partnership with them, I'll just buy it and which sometimes sucks, but I want to use the stuff that, that I want, you know? And so- and you think it's been advantageous that you've had that you have had such high um, subscribers to channels and platforms? Uh, for sponsors? Um, so a lot of the partners came on actually kind of like, well, all of them came on before YouTube. So there's no impact from YouTube yet. Um, but what's going to get really interesting and the reason a lot of our partners are excited and not too concerned about us not competing this year is the fact that YouTube provides such a large audience larger than any racing event you know larger than all of them combined potentially and so as we grow there's going to be a lot of opportunities for us to promote the sponsors heavier there and do whether it's giveaways or you know i don't i don't know off the top of my head but giveaways is the first one that came up but yeah, 
be a lot more opportunity to work or to sprinkle in the partners as we grow. So one thing I don't want to do early on is try to sell too much with the YouTube channel because we're all so small. The, what I want to sell right now is just to subscribe, which is free. You just click one button, right? Rather than saying, buy this product, you know, use these things, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so that, that's my, at least my stance on it right now. We'll see. Let's talk in a year and see if it worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in saying that, um, is there a reason like you, you just don't feel comfortable selling? Like you're quite happy just to promote and you don't want to make a sale or the sale? Or um, So we like we'll sell our merchandise on it. Um, that's like an easier sell because it's kind of to support us. Yeah. And we do like we do minor promotions, but I just don't want people to come in. And if it's their first first exposure with our channel, uh, seeing us try to promote all these things to them. I would rather like gain their trust as someone who's just creating content and entertaining yeah. and then um, showing them that I'm credible as they, you know, see and engage with us more showing them that we're not just trying to sell them BS. Like these are actually products we use and these are like partners and friends of ours that we're promoting. So, so is, that, is that the objective of having the YouTube channel for your sponsors or is it, apart from something else that you love to do? No, the main objective with the YouTube channel, um, your brain get you some more, yeah, promotion and entertainment and revenue. Like it's, it's a huge revenue maker at a, a large level. And so that obviously we have some work to do there. Like we'd be talking like half a million subscribers, two million subscribers. Um, but at that level between <clears throat> the partnerships we can pull in as well as brand deals with like non automotive related companies, and the ad revenue, um, we could easily support our whole racing program and me allow to be able to like eat and have a house. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, um, that's our goal is to make, make YouTube the business and then kind of everything else is auxiliary or secondary. Yeah, because you do have a fantastic website and a massive merchandise site on there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, tell us some of the items that you sell on there. Yeah, so um, we do, we're very Japanese inspired with our style and kind of um, just kind of everything. It's like, I'm really into the culture and I really enjoy Japan. And so a lot of our products will have like, we have anime stickers that kind of have some car flair to them, uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts. But one thing I'm really into fashion myself and so I won't put anything out there that I wouldn't like wear with, you know, the coolest streetwear that's out right now. And so I really believe that our stuff is designed in such a way that it is, it's not, I wouldn't even call it motorsports wear. I'd really call it like streetwear. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's kind of one of our things. And there's a bunch, some weird, unique stuff on there, like Surikawa rings, which are like Metro handles. They used to like the old Japanese Bosoku uh, kind of groups, they would steal the subway handles out of the metro and hang them yeah. on the back of the cars. So we saw those random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and again, is that kind of like your entrepreneur side um, shining through? I guess, yeah, creative side. I, I like to think I'm pretty creative. So um, we like showing that everywhere, you know? Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> 
Um, so I did notice one product that you had for sale um, was the Drift King membership, which was a pretty funny clip. Um, <laughs> I hope it was just meant to be a funny clip. <laughs> it was, and it wasn't even, it's, it's not a product. Oh, it's <laughs> not. Oh. Yeah. So I guess that's where we're still, what's funny is we're still kind of learning, like, I don't know if our com our comedy is, it's, I guess it's not good enough then. I, I like to think it's too good because it like actually sells people, but that was like a total joke. We made those DVDs like just for um, the skit and everything like that. But then we, we had a couple of people that were like, oh, I want to buy that DVD. Like, where do I get it? And I was like, I, this was like a joke. Like we just, <laughs> this is comedy. So we're still learning like the right mix. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Does that mean that a Mandy's not a real thing? Because I was like, I've heard all the other things, but I hadn't heard what that was. Also, was oh, no, Manji is. Yeah, oh, no, Manji yeah, cool. or, or Tokidori. Yeah, it's just like uh, when you're in a straight line or have a straight on a racetrack, it's just basically drifting back and forth. So kind of like a snake. Um, yeah. Maintain the drift. But um, we have like a whole how to drift series on our YouTube, which we're pretty proud of. That's actually the videos that have done the, the best so far. Um, so we do do a lot of teaching and their educational videos out there but we don't have a no drift king membership yet <laughs> <laughs> well i think you should have one yeah. and with all those subscribers you're missing it out on a main uh, market there especially with your entrepreneurship and yeah with what you've got like over a hundred thousand people that you could market to if you would pay like you know 20 bucks 30 bucks a month to get different clips and bits and pieces out of doubt well, you know what we're actually doing? I don't want to get like silly on your, on your channel, but um, we, we actually have a workout program we're releasing pretty soon uh, for motorsports athletes. And so it's something that's really consumable. It doesn't take a tremendous amount of time. And it focuses around like a lot of the movements and body parts that we as ath motorsports athletes use. So um, pretty excited about that. Cool. Well, make sure you send it to us when it comes out. I'm excited. I've got a motorsport fitness um, Facebook group, so we can post it. Yeah. Thank you. That'd be cool. Always. Fantastic. Um, so you're not going to race this year. You put it all on hold, um, basically, just to get new sponsors, to drive up the channels and get prepared for 2021. I mean, like, really, half the year's over anyway. Um, yeah. So what's the plan in 2021 when you go back, Matt? um so yeah i mean we're gonna be driving a lot like even in 2020 so even though we're not competing um we'll probably be driving even more so we're gonna be doing and this is the same for 2021 so once things open back up uh we have a bunch of car shows and drift demos planned uh pretty much any event we're going to we should be drifting and showing cars and we kind of like we have like a big party in the pits so we'll have like we're going to have a Mario Kart tournament on um, Nintendo 64 and we do like trivia and a bunch of fun stuff. So our, our biggest thing really is entertaining, as I said earlier. So, but we're, we're planning on driving a lot. Like that is, I mean, at the core, that's why we're doing all of this is so we can drive for a living. So yeah, we're going to do a lot of that, you know, <laughs> just not competing, not in a competition yeah. uh, thing. I mean, if things went, just amazing uh we'd be competing next year but as of right now there's no plans to compete next year um 2022 for sure like i think that's very doable but something miraculous would have to happen with the youtube channel like really blow up <laughs> i reckon it could 
That would be really cool. I appreciate that. There's lots of content on there. And I know you're saying that you don't like to repurpose, but I think sometimes like take the pressure off yourself and repurpose the old stuff. Because you've got to remember there's new subscribers subscribing every day. So something that you might think is old and boring from even six months ago, you might have had 3,000 new subscribers in that period of time and hadn't seen it. So don't stress yourself out about it. Spend the time getting the sponsorship, this mother advice <laughs> Oh, I appreciate it. I love it. <laughs> Spend some time. Um, not stressing about so much from your content, but again, as I said, you're getting those, those new followers through all the time. And if you want to keep building it, repurpose it. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. That's definitely something to think about. Like, that's where the story times are kind of fun. I yeah. think uh, as we kind of go further. Uh, we could tell story times that are in like the what we call the YouTube period or whatever. So kind of retell some of those old fun stories. Well, Matt, I really appreciate your time today and give us a fantastic insight into YouTube. As I said, we haven't had any guests come on and tell us about that. So thank you very much. Um, before we go, do you have any last final words about someone wanting to start YouTube? Um, I think the biggest thing with YouTube is that you can't pick your own handle, can you? What do you mean? Like, like you have, is it at Hagen Racing or is it dot? So if you search Hagen Racing, yeah. it does come up, but it's not youtube.com slash Hagen Racing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, um, but I think youtube.com slash C slash Matt Hagen Racing gets you there. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's really easy to just search Hagen Racing, even on Google. I think YouTube's the first link. Um, but I mean, honestly, like, I'd say two things. One, try the YouTube channel. Watch a video or two. See if you like them. If you do, subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Second, um, I respond to every DM and comment um, on every channel, personally. And so if you ever want, if any of you ever want any advice or help or just want to say hi or show me what you're working on, it doesn't matter, um, hit me up. And I, that's my favorite thing is that's the reason I follow zero people on Instagram, by the way, some people like have seen that and they're like, why like that seems cocky or whatever it is. And it's because I really want to focus on our community. I don't want to focus on other people. And so like our fans and friends and followers that come in, that's what all our focus is on them. And so, yeah, hit us up, I guess. <laughs> and, Cassie, and again, how, how can I follow you, Matt? Haugen Racing, Instagram, uh, Facebook page, and YouTube. Awesome. Thank you again, Matt, for your time. So I really appreciate it. And as I said, when you've got that fitness program ready, send it over. I'd be happy to promote it for you. For sure. Thank you so much. This was awesome. No worries. Thanks, Matt. All righty. Bye. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Team. Until next time, take care.